Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm. We could make millions. You, we maybe not so much. We're probably not the guys for this. No, I don't know. I'd be willing to give up everything to to go for it. You got a sod guy. Yeah, I got a sod guy. Yeah, mulch guy. I got a tree guy. Yeah, this is the kind of project. I have a couple of buddies you... who I have a couple of buddies who started a mulch company called Mulcho Man. Yeah, Mulcho Men, they're awesome. Yeah. They own the mulch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of project, Jared, where you just you have to have a guy for everything because it's all just like little things and little specialities that you just you're gonna have to have a guy for it. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin. My name's Jeremy, and as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for our first few episodes, we're here to help you find more adventure in your everyday. And Calvin, don't we have a very fun episode lined up today? Oh, this episode's amazing. It's uh, We're going to be talking to a couple of friends of ours who are tiny. They're, they're tiny? What do you mean by that? Well, they are tiny. They're the face of tiny. They are the face of the tiny movement. Yes. Yes. We're going to be talking later on in the episode to Jason and Brianna Francis. And they, along with uh, two other couple friends of theirs, started a company called Tiny Heirloom. And they build tiny luxury homes. That's right. You may have seen their program on HGTV called Tiny Luxury. Unfortunately, we don't get it here in Canada. So neither of us have seen it. So do we encourage people to like look it up and and download illegally? Like I don't know what are we supposed to do to help people oh, yeah. catch this show? I mean, there's maybe probably we'll, at least like a trailer on YouTube or something. Maybe we should get their permission to download it illegally, you know? That would probably well, help. Well, let's ask them. Like who better to have the authority than the people that are on the program? I I think that they trump any anti-piracy laws, don't they? And any like television producers as well, I would think. Oh, 100%. They just 100%. get what they want. So, Calvin and I, we were thinking of, you know, what do we want to intro with when we're talking, uh, to, when we're about to be talking to these folks who build tiny luxury homes? And and we thought to ourselves, you know what? We have actually lived in a tiny, uh, I want you to put luxury in quotations, a lot not of so tiny luxury, luxury. <laughs> a tiny and not so luxurious uh, home, our RV. That's right. Start bare bones. We got a, a 1979 Vanguard GM, 21 foot. And has turned into quite the palace on the road. Yeah, I mean, we 100% think of this RV, whom we affectionately call Lily, as an absolute palace. And if you listen to episode one, you you would have heard my wife, um, you know, sling a little bit of mud at Lily. And, uh, you know, maybe there's some merit to that. But we wanted to chat about some of the hilarious retrofits that we've done to this thing to really turn her into a luxury RV road worthy mobile we're here to pump her tires literally <laughs> and like first so, and foremost this is kind of it started out as kind of a guys only clubhouse vibe one of the most uh well one of the retrofits that sticks out in my mind is the gutting of the bathroom and then the urinal installation yeah i feel as though the urinal installation was an excellent choice but i feel like our execution of it wasn't the best yeah we uh, uh, we use galvanized piping for everything which you know 
should be safe, you know, hopefully rust-proof with the acidic urine that's, you know, going down the tubes. <laughs> so I, and I also feel like we have to explain it a little bit more because what we yes. did in the back here was the other retrofit. So none of the plumbing works in this thing. There's a tank of water that we basically have instead of all the piping that goes through the entire RV. We have a valve that goes out this literally the side of the RV and like onto the side of the road. So that's what we would use for our running water. You know, you just go to the side. There's just a mechanical valve. You'd pull it. The water would start. Yeah, coming there's up, a shut off valve. Tea, you could do dishes. I mean, everything. So. We didn't need the sink at the back, so we pulled out the sink and threw in a subwoofer for the dope sound system that we have in this thing. Yeah, and then the uh, urinal is directly beside that, and it's not actually in a closet or anything. It's just actually facing out the back window of the RV, and we've just uh, very simply drilled a hole with a garden hose down there and uh, zip-tied up to uh, a funnel. And it works great. <laughs> yeah, so it's literally a funnel attached to a garden hose that then the garden hose then goes down the pipe that used to flush the water out the back of the RV. So it's good to stay, you know, if you're tailgating, not a good idea. Yeah, you don't want to be tailgating. You kind of want to be side of the RV gate. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to get caught in the spray of this. But typically if we're, you know, we don't really use it when we're stationary. Then we usually go to the RV. It's usually when we're in the middle of the road and no. we want to stop. Well, I think it's best that no one knows you're using it because that one time we were, oh, I think we were coming to Boston and I was using the urinal and Dylan, idiot, slams on the brakes and I was like <laughs> flat out on the floor, like almost up to the driver. And I'm, I'm really happy that you share that story because I wasn't necessarily going to embarrass you, but literally picture Calvin rolling on the ground in his own urine while we are howling. And the, I was, I was mad because I was, I brought one, like I brought one pair of jeans and I brought like a pair of khaki pants that I did not wear the entire trip. And I had these on for some reason and they were ruined. Yeah. That was the end of them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what probably about a, a, you know, a retrofit gone wrong story. But, hey, every good place has a has some way uh, to relieve yourself. And the RV has that, too. Yeah, it started out as a great idea. Um, some of the retrofits that we've, you know, wanted to do, they sometimes take a little bit longer than, than we had anticipated. When we were in Quebec, we bought this amazing hood ornament. It was this, like, what looked like pure gold it racing is pure gold. boat. It is absolute pure gold. We found it for $2 at a thrift shop. It's like this guy who's sitting in a racing boat, and we wanted to put it right on the front of the RV, and it took us like two years to put this thing yeah, on. Yeah, just kicking around in the drawer. That looks great, though. I love that feature. Yeah, it looks amazing, and it looks especially sweet when it's snowing out because you're like, this guy is hardcore speedboating in the snow. Jer, something that is most obvious would be the basketball net and spray paint. Can you get into that a bit, like that guy that did the artwork for you? Yeah, so when we were, you know, we had a lot of trouble on our first trip out uh, to the West Coast with this RV, like a ton of mechanical problems. So when we were coming back, we were we were basically, I'm not joking, ready to r literally roll it off a cliff and just like film it and then fly home because it was just so expensive and so slow going and and just kept on breaking. So. We were like pretty miffed with the whole th with with the RV, and we're we're borderline getting fed up. And that's when we rolled into Waterloo, Iowa, where uh, Jamie uh, had a pal who he went to uh, a school called YWAM in Australia with. And this guy was like a professional tagger. And I think the definition for a professional tagger is you've been arrested by the police. That's a good sign. Yeah, He's so good. He that did happen. 
and this is the guy who's going to tag our RV. So we said, you know, on one side, we'd love you to write Lily, the name of the thing, and on the other side, we're just going to give you creative freedom. So he has this amazing spray paint. It's like the best spray paint money can buy it like lasts forever in the sun it's lasted like five years however long we've had the rv and so on one side he graffitied the word lily in these like old school colors you can probably see pictures on the website we'll probably put some up and then on the other side he drew this giant blue monster that we call uh, the gobbler yeah that's true i never thought about that a spray painter would be um thoughtful about their quality of paint Oh yeah, man. This like I feel like he used like he told us how much it cost for for all of the paint that he used on it. It was like pretty crazy. Really, but it's like it's crisp, like the color, and it just gets beat on. It's not like this thing's parked in a garage. Yeah, no. And I looked at photos of it recently, and it did look way better when we first got it done. Like there's a couple of right. colors that are a little bit faded, but the majority of them like lasted like really well. Yeah. And then well, Charles, it, it, who uh, who came on the very first trip out west, he was. Uh, going to engineering school i think he'd finished first year but his uh engineering degree so he was like wanting to get all creative so he figured out a way to bolt a uh a basketball net to the side of it and have the the rim drop down so while we were driving it wasn't like sticking out an extra foot and a half into traffic so he rigged up this pretty sweet basketball net and uh that's uh obviously an amazing addition that a lot of people comment on on the rv well and it gets a lot of use oh yeah it's great it's a good way to meet people. You throw up a basketball net. You you know, then you literally just throw someone a basketball, and then the, yeah, you know, you we've lured have a in friend. many, yeah, we've lured in many kids with that basketball <laughs> net. Many kids, what to, to our free barbecues, to our free candy van, <laughs> and we've literally had the cops call on us for that too. Perfect. Yes, that's right. Um, another retrofit. Um, inside all of the handles on our cubbies are little tiny noah's ark replicas which look pretty funny all the little handles on the cupboards and somebody's grandmother uh did all the seat covers oh yeah adam's grandma leopard skin yeah these amazing zebra print uh, seat covers all the way through that's just incredible yeah um another thing uh dylan who came on a trip he um, was in photo school and he did this really cool photo project where he had a big circle of like astroturf and he would put it in interesting places and so like the photos are really cool with the way like a, a person was standing on the astroturf and they were really contrasted with the environment around them there's this like bright green astroturf a person and then like in like really cool backgrounds a really neat photo project that he that he did and we ended up taking this uh, piece of grass kind of cutting it to shape and then putting it on the floor underneath the table. So now it's kind of like a, a, a jungle inside as well. I I hope that uh, like Brianna and Jason are listening in on this and just like taking notes for tiny. Yeah. Cause they, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they could be using some of this. This is all gold material. Yeah. I mean, this is, we are describing the lap of luxury here. Yeah. I was uh, looking at some of the photos of what they do. It is amazing. Like, it is so nice. Dude, the things that those guys are making are just incredible, the houses these people are making. Like granite countertops, and it's it's incredible. And, like, the appliances in those things are amazing. Oh, yeah. It truly is tiny luxury. Yeah. And I feel like it's that's, like, a cool opportunity to go all out with a— space because like you're paying so little for your finishes like if you drop it down into square foot for everything yeah yeah so you can actually you can afford the higher end finishes because you're only going to be doing whatever 150 square feet yeah you can afford six square feet of granite countertop because it's not like 80 exactly yeah 
Hey, before we get to them, I think we should uh, bring them on really soon here. But tell me the idea that you like share with everybody the idea that you had for the RV, which could be the next step in the RV's life cycle. Oh, the the next real step. I thought previously I had an idea to install a periscope on the RV. <laughs> that was a did good not idea. Happen. That was, that was a good, good idea. idea. It may still happen. No, more realistically, we are thinking about putting in a wood-burning stove in the RV for, you know, those kind of cooler nights camping and traveling. And I've been, uh, yeah, doing a lot of research on these. Basically, it's like uh, like an ice fishing hut stove, what they use in those little ice fishing huts. But you just uh, some of them are wall-mounted, and they take up very little space. And you can pretty much maximum put like six-inch piece of wood in it. And uh, for such a small little area, it's only a 21-foot RV, it'd heat that thing up no problem. Yeah, I, I loved that idea. And yeah. it got me kind of thinking, though, that if we were to do something like that, like we may as well go like all out and just gut the entire thing and like make it sweet inside. Because like right, there's a like, lot of wasted space with the bathroom at the back that we only use as a sports closet and that other closet that we that we use. Like it, it would super, be pretty cool to like just rip yeah. rip it out and make it like really simple like you could yes. have more couch space you could have more bed space just um, more usable space yeah that would be amazing but then you know any dollar that we sink into that thing is pure hobby money pure wasted cost and my wife was very quick to remind me of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, yeah it's going to sell too easily not that yeah, but right we would never sell it. it i think no I think no it, never never like i've always kind of I'm not going to use the word fantasize, but if it finally bites the dust, I think it would be awesome to burn it. I kind of like the drive it off a cliff idea. You know, turn it into a fish habitat. <laughs> uh, sink it in my uncle's pond. You know, my uncle sunk a boat in there. As oh, a your fish uncle Vic's pond? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Anyways, lots of ideas. Hey, if you yeah. have any ideas for what we should do with the RV when it finally breaks, why don't you hit us up on Twitter? Email at us. Yeah. We'll get back to you. We'll even or Instagram. do a couple shout outs. Yeah. But hey, I think that's uh, that's enough chatting about the RV retrofit. Let's uh, let's get Jason and Brianna on to talk about what tiny luxury living is really all about. All right, we're here with Jason and Brianna Francis of, uh, well, they're tiny people. (laughs) Tiny people from Tiny Heirloom. Uh, Guys, tell us a little bit about uh, the business that you guys started. We're interested to hear about uh, the cool stuff you guys are up to. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, myself, my brother, and my brother-in-law, and our wives started a business building tiny homes, which are basically... Technically, they're travel trailers, but they're basically homes on trailers, so you can tow them around, bring them wherever you want, and uh, be mobile. But it still looks like a house. So a yeah, our, mini house. A mini mm-hmm. house, yeah, exactly. And our our kind of uh, specialty is hitting the luxury end of things. So we really like to get really nice, high quality materials and products in there, and so uh, not only looks beautiful, but um, is super functional and and uh, simplistic. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been uh, doing that for? It's been about two years now. Two years into it. And how did you first get into it? What was the inspiration? (laughs) Um, Not really sure. I mean, we we were building residential before. Yeah. And we were kind of in between projects. So uh, Brianna's mom has always loved tiny homes. She's always been always been you know whispering in our ears build some tiny homes build some tiny homes you know that kind of deal so cool uh we we just decided to start one so we bought a trailer back but it. before that 
they shot down the idea. They said it we was did. super dumb. Really? Uh, no one should ever do it. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Well, not quite that harsh, but you've come around. We've come around a little bit. Yeah. So, so what was the like? What was the sticking point? Like, you just thought it was kind of a silly thing, or? Yeah, I was just you know, I guess we just didn't look into it enough, you know, right. and then we just kind of thought house on a trailer was kind of weird and didn't know you know we didn't really even look into the market but when we did saw that there was actually a pretty good following and a lot of people yeah. interested so yeah built our first one started it in our garage and then took some photos of it and it kind of spread like wildfire so was that built on spec to sell or was that for you guys yeah that was a spec so yeah, yeah. we just kind of built it and sold it okay now what does that mean built on spec for those of us who have no Ooh, idea what that not means not in the building world not in the building. <laughs> Basically, you're building it with speculation of selling it. Got it. So, yeah. Got it. Now, from what we understand, like you, you said, it kind of took off like wildfire. Um, and by wildfire, you mean like you guys have a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of all came to came to be. Your road to stardom. Oh yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> It all happened really quickly, like we're saying. Um, We put out those first pictures of the first tiny house and um, just got, you know, everyone was repinning it, reblogging it, um, spreading all over the internet. And some magazines. Magazines. Posted it too. And that's how a producer um, in LA got a hold of it. He actually found it in New York in some magazine and, uh, you know, emailed us, called us up, and we said no multiple times. Yeah, we're like, Trust us, you don't want us on TV. We would be the worst people to have on TV. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 just like, we'll just Skype call you guys, like, see how it goes. Because you guys are super high maintenance and needy? Yeah. Yeah, so, we're just yeah, divas. Yeah, yeah. So. You would need like the mega catering truck on set yeah. and like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. someone to wipe our sweat off our brow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sharpen your tools. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Polishing up your nail apron. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. You know, after after we kept saying no, we got about I think it was eight eight or ten more producers that ended up contacting us from different production companies. So we kind of decided this might be worth trying and hmm. um, said yes to a Skype call and kind of went from there. And uh, just three months later, we were filming uh, the first season. So Which and is- was it like all six of you guys on a Skype call or just uh, like did someone kind of take the reins? Say, okay, I'm going to explore this, kind of see what comes of it. It was kind of all of us. Yeah, we did one with all six of us, um, and then we also did couples. You know, so then uh, the producer okay. uh, did uh, Skype Skype interviews with each couple. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. And so w- when you had like you know a bunch of different networks like trying to grab onto this idea, like, and then all of a sudden you were filming three months later. Was there like a time of negotiating or like figuring out what the best like deal was? Like, I imagine you're all of a sudden like now faced with like signing some crazy contract for like a tv show like what like that's got to be like a weird thing to be faced with all of a sudden definitely yeah it was really weird um and really you know i mean just like you're saying we had no idea what we were doing uh we had no idea what a contract should look like um we didn't know anything of like the industry standards um so we definitely got we got played a little bit (laughs) but uh (laughs) we're young and naive yeah right right Um, but uh basically yeah, ended up you know working out a couple couple key things that we wanted to see happen, yeah. um, you know, and uh, and then HGTV bought the show shortly after that, so then we were signing contracts with them, um, and then that's when we started filming. So yeah, it was definitely a weird couple months where we just 
you know, we were trying to get any information we yeah. could. Mm-hmm. Had any, so. so is that kind of how it worked? Like you got approached and then someone kind of bought the rights to the show and then it got like, now then that piece kind of got sold to HGTV to put on? Yeah. So yeah, our production company, they kind of, they thought of the idea, yep. approached us. We said yes. So then we, they, then they kind of made like a promo and then they pitched it to all sorts of different networks. Yeah. And then a couple different networks get into bidding battles about it, and then HGTV ended up, you know, winning the the bid. So then cool. they bought the show, uh, and now they're the ones that actually, you know, put it on air. Right. So we're sitting kind of at the end of uh, March 2016 right now. Where where in the cycle are you? Like, has stuff come on the air? Or? Yeah, we've had five episodes air so far, and nice. we've filmed how many so far? Um, eight. No, a couple more than that. We've done like, yeah, 10, 10-ish. 10 episodes. Okay. And so oh. for each episode, we do a custom tiny home. Okay, that's, that's what I was going to ask each so episode. So you've like a full built, build. It's, yeah, so you've built 10 of these over the past few months? Yeah, yeah. so over the past you know, nine months. And are they for... That seems busy. Uh, oh, yeah, that's super busy. It's been crazy. We yeah. have like nine more to build by June. By middle of June. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be brutal. Thanks for taking time for this call. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, no worries. So a little bit about the build and design process. So they're specifically for um, your customer, and how much say do they have in what to, what the design's gonna be, and and what's kind of like their max square footage that they're allowed. Yeah. So each client comes in with you know their different needs and wants, and uh, so we basically cater to the custom end of things. So literally, right from the floor plan, the right. exterior everything is customizable. So right. um, that's something that the girls really head up on the design aspect. Um, and then us guys kind of do the building plans and, and kind of make sure it's structural right. and uh, kind of go from there. But yeah, it's really all customized. And the smallest we can do, I mean, you could go pretty small, like 50, 50 to 100 square feet. And the biggest we can do is like 400 square feet. Okay. That's pretty big, 400 square feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're in the process of building on a trailer. Like so... Right. Yeah, it's a it's a big trailer, but uh, it, it's gonna be sweet. So, do you guys build the trailers yourselves too? We don't. We we hire that out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's obviously um there there's got to be weight uh, specifications you have to meet too with how per axle and how right. do you stay on top of that? Yeah, that's kind of just been uh, working with an engineer um, yeah. who's done a lot of trailers. So finding that balance point for where the wheel wells go, um, you right. know. For, back to back to front or yeah and then um you know really kind of getting that balance because i mean one of the biggest struggles we have is when we're trying to do luxury tiny homes you know most most high quality products are usually heavier than sure, yeah so you know trying to keep that weight down so they're still towable and um and can maneuver around so one thing we want to chat about is sort of this whole idea of tiny living like i guess you said earlier like uh, Brianna's mom was bugging you guys to build these for a long time. So it's not like a new concept, but I think in the past couple of years, it's really taken off as something that people are either interested in or uh, doing more. Is there anything that you find sort of similar about the types of people that are trying to make such a significant like life change? Like, is this people say, okay, I'm going to now live in this thing. Do they use it as a cottage or, or like a cabin type retreat place? Or what are you kind of finding with the trends? Yeah, it's kind of a, there's a couple main things. Um, there's definitely the people that that uh, want it as kind of like a like a vacation home where they have a piece of property and they want it as a mother-in-law suite. But the majority of people that approach us are people that really want to simplify their lives 
you know, become free of debt, free of unneeded things and right. really kind of get down to the, to the necessities and, uh, live in that state where they can, you know, have the freedom to go wherever they want and to not have to work, you know, 50 hours a week and then just put all their money towards bills or loans. So, yeah, it seems like a lot of people like come from corporate jobs or high paying jobs and they don't like their job. And so hmm. they want to be able to simplify their life and like not, you know, be a slave to their mortgage or anything. So mm -hmm. they usually, you know, do something that they love and also live in a small space. Right. So they don't give up the job, but they kind of change up their lifestyle to ground them more kind of thing. Um, there, we've seen that for sure, but we've also seen people actually, yeah, like either leave their job or, or start doing something they actually love, whether that's starting up their own little business cool. and being able to live in a tiny home so they don't have these obligations that they need to meet. Um, right. So it really gives them the freedom to kind of do what they, like Brian was saying, do what they love while also being able to have a very nice and, and everything you need house, basically. Hmm. Are you guys, um, have you had to do some pretty big, um, like, kind of harder conversations with potential customers of to just really give them a full grasp of what they're getting into? Like, it's, I mean, a lot of things people wouldn't think about are, you know, the water and power and, and transporting the whole unit. And do you have a fixed address? Yeah, those are all big, uh, big topics that we're learning more and more to right. really describe and really explain to our clients. Um, we ha we have had troubles with that where people get into it with this romantic lens and and it's not you know there are sacrifices with it definitely sure. you know, in a small space like you're saying water and and plumbing and everything but uh so that's definitely something we're we're really hitting home on the realistic end of things now with our clients and letting them know that you know with this there are some sacrifices but yeah. you know in return we believe it brings bigger blessings and and more freedom and so right uh, because it's one ingredient in a whole lifestyle change that you're trying to adapt to definitely right. yeah yeah. Yeah. People just don't think about like, oh, well, you'll have to change the propane tanks or right. you know, different things like that. But yeah. it's not just sitting around drinking a latte with a cozy blanket <laughs> <laughs> at sunrise. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it can be that though. So do you guys, when you, uh, when you build one, do you go and like take it out for the weekend to test it, make sure everything's good and kind of get the first, uh, the first test run with them? Uh, we haven't done that yet personally, um, but we do test them at our facility. So sure. we you know, do all the plumbing, all the electrical, propane, and test those systems pretty thoroughly. I don't know if we even mentioned it. Where where are you guys located and what kind of a facility do you have? We're right outside of Portland, Oregon cool. in a little little town called Milano. Uh, and we're actually building on a little Christmas tree farm. So Oh, fun. Beautiful place. Has a nice pond. Um, yeah, really nice. And this is and all in your, your building, like you can do everything inside? Sorry, say that again? You can do the full build all inside your, your building? Yes, yeah. So each tiny house is built inside our hangar, and so it's all a controlled environment, you know, no rain. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Definitely, yeah. So definitely gets built, you know, to, to perfection, really. Mm -hmm. What's been one of the, the biggest challenges is you guys have sort of ramped up production and, and – uh, like the scale has increased and you're like your following has increased. So you've probably had to come a little bit more of a, you know, a legitimate organization. What's been some of the challenges and the, the growing pains? There's been a lot. Um, a lot of yeah. challenges. <laughs> yeah. Like we talked about earlier, it just all happened so quick that we, had, we really had, 
we didn't have very many good systems in place. You know, our core fundamental business uh, was just barely taking off. Um, and so trying to just ramp things up at an accelerated pace caused a lot of problems and still is that we're trying to, you know, having to basically backtrack to go get those in place um, where they should have been already. Um, so that's been, that's been a big struggle, just, just thinking through the processes, the legal aspects of everything. Um, and then, you know, right now we're one of our biggest struggles is just finding enough people to, you know, get on the team and start uh, helping out. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty and, difficult and, to find like good employees that are faithful and hard right. work. Well, and I imagine too, like, it's not like building a house. Like you guys are pioneering, um, this build. And so there's no, you don't know of a perfect process yet. And you're kind of finding that along the way. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So really everyone, we're learning more and more of how to, you know, better, better, uh, succeed in building these things. But yeah, mm. um, it really is kind of, a just a pioneering and, um, figuring it out as we go. And that's, that's what keeps us excited about it though, is just, you know, it's, we're on the forefront of something kind of new and, um, and, uh, just really putting all of our effort and minds into it. And it's kind of fun working as a family. And that's why, that's why it's been working. We have a lot of great minds thinking about it. So where do you guys um, see it going down the road? Um, kind of the future of tiny has it's like, is it kind of a community built where like, I don't want to say like a trailer park, but where they could all be together. But is that something that's happening out, uh, out your way? That's what we would like. We would like to see like almost like a high end type thing like yeah. a not a trailer park i don't want to say high-end high communities of, yeah. like a community of them yeah 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 so there's there's been a couple popping up and and starting to do development across the country but um it's it's definitely something that we'd like to see and we'd like to be a part of is building a some sort of little community where you know there might be one big facility where people can come and and get together and and yeah. they have all their tiny homes parked around it uh you know and, and set up really beautifully really nicely um but uh yeah that'd be really great and then that would that like is that something that you guys when you like think about oh what could the future hold that you would want to start so you would like own a piece of property and then have all of the infrastructure there that someone could buy a home from you buy a lot from you and kind of do all of that so you're kind of owning that process is that something that's kind of a dream or that's what i mean that's what we would like but sure. we just don't have the money for it and yeah, yeah. It seems like land is pretty hard to come by, at least around where we are. Yeah. It's usually pretty expensive. Yeah. So yeah. But we would love to have something like that and have like a community center and you know, even we talked about doing like a tiny house hotel before. Oh like cool. A little tiny house bakery or whatever it be. But And even places where you there's multiple you know, spots basically in every, you know, I mean, it, this is a far out dream, but in every single state, you know, and, and where people can literally just drive around and tour America and, and bring their tiny homes in these nice little communities, stay mm. for however long they want, and then kind of keep going. What about Canada? Can we have some of those stops up here too? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. oh awesome. Few, few. Nothing like Toronto. Yeah. No, guys, that's really cool. And I think when, you know, this podcast is all about finding adventure in your everyday. So it's cool to hear about this adventure that you guys kind of said yes to, not really knowing what you were getting yourself into with ramping up production of having a TV show and now having all of this additional exposure. And it seems as though, and, and I mean, you know, there's, I'm sure like, the, like we talked about those growing pains, but it really seems as though you're embracing the adventure and excited for it. And even though there's challenges, you're kind of, um, 
you know, going with the punches. And what I think is cool is you're you're dreaming big about the future too. So it's really neat to see how all of those elements of adventure and story are kind of weaved through the things that Definitely. you guys are saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very fun adventure so far. We've we've you know, like you're saying, with all the challenges and, and ups and downs, that's what that's really what the adventure is about, you know, growing through those processes and, and those experiences and um, you know, creating something creating a life, you know, that we enjoy. And, you know, that's what our clients are all about too. They, they, you know, want to downsize or, or whatever it is to create a life they don't need a vacation from so they can, you know, live the lives they want, be right. doing something they love and have the freedom they need. One thing we get to, from everybody we interview is, you know, a couple, one or two just practical tips for, for our listeners and uh, something that's everyday practical, how to introduce more adventure into their lives. And what do you think um, just would be a couple little tips you guys have been learning along the way? For me, it would just be don't be afraid to take risks because, mm -hmm. I mean, even if you failed, you still learn from that. And if you succeed, then great. Like, you feel successful in what you've done. Right. Um, I know that we've taken a lot of risks and it's been worth it. <laughs> That's great. Definitely. Um, let's see. What would my little tippy be? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess just kind of along the same lines is just, you know, don't be afraid to branch out. Um, you know, that's kind of where we've got to where we were. Um, you know, we were doing something secure, building residential houses, and, and this was a big a big thing for us to be able to kind of stop doing that and taking up something that uh, wasn't, you know, there wasn't a secure future. And But, you know, things have turned out, and uh, a lot of cool things have happened because of uh, just, you know, that, that drive for adventure, that drive for the unknown, and then being able to step out in faith and and really kind of put yourself out there. So yeah. um, I think that that's huge. Have you guys seen um, other people popping up doing kind of the same thing as what you're doing with uh, with having a company and doing custom builds? Yeah, we've seen quite a few, at least in the States. Mm -hmm. um, in the last year, yeah, tons have popped up. Um, a lot of them, you know, just really small outfits and just building one yeah. or two here and there. And that's, you know, that's really been cool to see. And I mean, everyone's staying busy doing it. It seems like it's just gaining more and more ground. So, yeah. hmm. One other thing that we're kind of interested in exploring in, I think what you guys are doing follows these lines, is this whole idea of sort of uh, pairing back on possessions and kind of exploring how minimalism uh, is something that can help people to make more time for adventure. Is that a part of what you are trying to help people discover through like paring down and living in a smaller house or how do you find that that either adds to adventure or that people are kind of exploring that? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think when, when people realize that having, having more things don't, doesn't make them happier. I think that that's when people start coming to us where they, they see, they see opportunity to downscale, but upgrade and, and, in their mm -hmm. life and their living circumstances and, and all these things. So, uh, and, and everyone we've talked to and all of our clients that, you know, they do go through a couple of struggles of like getting rid of, you know, 90% of their things. But yeah. when they do, they, they've always told us that they find so much freedom in that and that they have this like burden off their shoulders. Um, and, and now they have a, a house where they can drive around wherever they want and tour the States, tour, you know, tour Canada, uh, and do whatever you want. Um, and so that's really been cool to see people realize that, you know, it's not about how much you have, um, you know, and, and it's about like who you're with and, and what you can do and your freedom to be able to do it. So, yeah, we're really all about like relationships and adventure and 
you know, family is like a huge part of our lives and we love our family and we Mm. want, you know, other people to be able to, you know, not be cleaning their house for two hours a day or whatever, rather than spending time with their kids or their spouse. So we want people to really cultivate their relationships that they have in their life and be able to, you know, explore the world. I think once you guys get these uh, communities popping up all over the continent, Jeremy and I are going to put together a tiny pub to just travel around yep. and be the local establishment oh, for a week at a time. Tiny there pub. Tiny brew. Micro, micro brewery. That would be awesome. <laughs> exactly. uh, another thing I thought that was kind of cool, and uh, I like, I really like your slogan. It's home is where you park it, correct? Yeah? Yes. Yeah, this guy yeah. came That's awesome. I, uh, I don't. I saw that a couple of years ago, and when we we had a blog post for or a blog for all of our RV trips, and I remember yeah. kind of hearing that somewhere, and I remember always signing the end of our vlogs with "Home is where you park it," and I and I really like that as sort of a even like a philosophy or as a, a, this whole idea, and especially when we were on the road, it was like, yeah, this is we have a bed, we have enough food to eat, we have friends, and um, you know, it's 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 pretty cool how something. Uh, as that mobile and that uh, kind of paired back and can quickly feel like home. So I just really like uh, that slogan that you guys use. And I think it's a cool sort of philosophy to push out there. So that's, I just thought that was cool. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) how are you guys doing? Doing well. So good. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Anything else you guys want to cover? Um, we want people to be able to, to find you, to follow you, to catch the show. I don't think we have it up here in Canada. No, we don't. I've been trying to figure out a way that you guys illegally download it or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had to buy our own episodes on Amazon, but yeah, oh, yeah? you can buy them on Amazon and Amazon. YouTube possibly right now. Maybe YouTube. There's, there's, but... prob- there's probably some trailers, a trailer on YouTube. No, maybe. Um, I don't know about trailer, but I think, I think the first five full episodes okay. might be on there. Yeah. Might not be available in our area, but we'll do our best yeah. to try to find out yeah. where they are because it'd be really cool to see it. So it's kind of like you guys building and and are you girls like designing with the clients? So everyone yeah, so everyone gets some like camera time. Work, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I was pretty excited. Like we were down in the states for Christmas, and then I was flipping through the TV, and I just saw you, Brianna, on there, and I was like, Duh, Katie, <laughs> Brianna's on TV. That's awesome. Oh yeah, Katie told me about <laughs> when you guys were in Florida. Yeah, that yeah. Was awesome. That's awesome. Did you watch a full episode? Yeah. Was it cool? It was great. <laughs> nah, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> it was a dumb. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, all the best as that uh, continues to uh, get filmed and you continue to work. And I mean, it's a pretty, I don't know, just talk. It's just an enormous task. The stuff that you guys are doing is really cool. Well, it's so fun. About. We can just, you know, we're able to, to see it all unfold. And it's, it's super fun for your viewers and your listeners. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Pinterest. (laughs) Tiny heirloom. Tiny heirloom. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show with us. It was great to have you. Yeah, thank you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a good time. Thanks for having us. Jason and Brianna, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your life's work and your, you know, lifelong adventure with us. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's such fun people with, like, I think... They must have some awesome conversations at dinner, just idea juices flowing for businesses and projects. And yeah, they must have an awesome time. And just so much on the go. I just can't even imagine starting a company and especially one that is so technical in nature, like to build something from start to finish, sourcing and purchasing and building and 
customer relations, and, and now there's like a TV show in the mix. Like it's a lot of stuff. And because no one's doing this specific thing, right? Like they're, like they said, like they're pioneering it, and they're the first people to get on the ground floor with this whole thing. So it's everywhere you go to, I don't know, get involved with doing these builds. It's going to be a first for them for everything. It just mm. further complicates it, which I just, yeah, it's awesome for them that they can they can do that. They have the time uh, that they're willing to put into it. Absolutely. So, Calvin, I think that our listeners, probably from you know the second we started this episode, they are just they're, they they were distracted the whole interview because they need to know what the million dollar idea is. Oh, the million so can dollar. Can you lay idea. it on them? Yes. Okay. This is an original idea that I had, and this is came to me as I was driving to your house one time quite a while ago. That there should be. It came to me because I was thinking about the tiny houses. We had just connected with Jason and Brianna to do an interview with them. And I was thinking about it, thinking about kind of my ideal tiny house setup. And in an ideal world, what I would do <laughs> is have an acre, a one acre square plot that I would build a giant greenhouse on. And I would park the RV in this little oasis greenhouse that I would build. Yep. Okay. And so, so you'd be, have like you'd have grass in there, like a pretty good sized pond, little vegetable garden, little chicken coop, and you just park your little tiny house into the side there. And it'd be awesome. You just go park your car outside, walk in the greenhouse door, and you're home. <laughs> I feel like this is in some ways a good idea, but for like two hundred years from now, once we've destroyed the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's like, it's like, like a or unless you're putting these like massive greenhouses in like a city, but who can get an acre of land in a city? So I just think it's all hilarious. And it's kind of like an acre minimum, really, for all the stuff that I want to fit in here, because I probably want a little shop in there too, right? Oh yeah, separate from the tiny house. Yeah. So it, no, it'd be so cool because you could just for us for where I live, it's winter six months of the year, right? And so it would just be. You know, a nice little 21 degrees in there. You walk in your T-shirt. So good. Or you could just move. No, no, no. This is way cooler. <laughs> okay, so part B, because I know there's going to be so many people, eh, it's not economical. So here's my part B. So you have the same thing. You have the same, same square of yeah. uh, your greenhouse, but you don't park a tiny house in it. What you do is you park four tiny houses on the sides and they each yeah. have a little back door into this awesome park. Ooh. Grass, stream, pond, whatever. Community garden. It's all in there. Everyone has access to this park and you all pay into it. And I'm the guy huh. in there raking the leaves. <laughs> raking the leaves and raking in the cash. Exactly. Raking <laughs> in the cash. Keeping the stream stocked with fish or what? Yeah. A little, uh, little brook trout pond in there. Ooh, yeah. Well, Calvin, those are excellent ideas. I, uh, yes, I wish you. you all the best in your future endeavors. It's a million-dollar idea as in it would cost a million dollars to build <laughs> and to make no money. The, to make the plans for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's get the awesome. permits in place. <laughs> uh, uh, lots of ideas. Lots of ideas. Friends, yeah. thank you for tuning in once again to the Open Road po- Podcast. We've had a lot of fun with you today, haven't we, Calv? It's been so much fun. They're well, they're they're really fun, fun people fun to with, talk with. We've had fun with each other, and I guess with Jason and Brianna. But hopefully, that we were able to bring the listeners in on the fun too. Yeah. Well, Jer, uh, music. We gotta love yeah, music. Let's get to some music. We actually asked Jason and Brianna if they had any recommendations for uh, artists out in Portland, and they recommended this band, Joseph. And Joseph, Joseph. is made 
out of three ladies, the band. And we're going to play one of their tracks. It's called Cloudline. Does that sound Cloudline. Cool? That sounds amazing. Cloudline. That's probably what I'm going to call my greenhouse. Dude, it's all coming full circle. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, let's so, hear it. We're going to play that track, guys. Please follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, share the podcast, share you know your favorite episode. We share your stories. all of those things. Share your stories with us. Share One your thing, love. Actually, yeah, we wanted to kind of start was, um, it'd be really cool if you have an iPhone or any phone that does a voice recorder, record like a 30-second, a minute-long adventure story and send it to us. Yes, to that would be it. so cool. Or like another thing too, thing. like a 30 second practical tip for everyday adventure. We always try and get that from everyone and it'd be cool to have like just a big bank of those. Absolutely. So if that's something that you think you can offer to the show, uh, that would be amazing and we'd love to, to play that. So yep. why not Why not do that? All right. All right, that's dude. enough. Let's, Let's get to the music and wrap this thing up. Thanks guys. We'll catch you next week. Nope. Take me to your
That was Cloudline by Joseph from Portland, Oregon. That's all for this week's episode, my friends. We haven't recorded next week, so we have no idea at this point who is going to be on, but I'm sure it's going to be great, and I'm sure it's going to help you find more adventure in your everyday. Thanks a lot, and see you guys next week. Bye.